Hey everybody! How's everyone doing? It's Thursday, y'all. Um, we made it. God knows we have made it. I'm so thankful we've made it. Welcome to the WrestleCast. You got a two-man power trip for you tonight. We can't do the thing because we're on top of each other. Which, if you're listening to this, we are all virtual, okay? I'm not physically on top of that. Um, That's going to be a sound clip for somebody. Yeah, it is. And that's quite all right. Because it's the two-man power trip, which means we're powerful men. That's all it is. It's guy love. You don't don't need to compromise. (laughs) Um, Man, guys, I got to tell y'all. We got what we got today. And that is... (laughs) <laughs> an impact and an AEW preview, uh, some live impact updates, and we're gonna review some NXT, and you know, uh, you know, finding some stuff. We're bringing back the PWO top ten. As long That's as right. Uh, oh, of course, work hour long draws here. So yeah, we're gonna have time. Um, and before we get rolling, this whole NBA playoffs going to ball, you know. A bumping AEW to Friday nights, it's got to stop. It's got to end. And I and I know their new deal with the you know, um, TBS will be a lot more uh, view, viewer friendly. Um, but this right now, I I'm I'm struggling to find things to do on Wednesday nights. Oh wait, here's the entire list of all of of all of the reviews I still have to do by the time we leave next week. So we got a lot. We really a lot. Um yeah. I'll say this AW, they've had a bunch of stuff uh worked out. Honestly. Um mm-hmm. they've they've got shows all over the place. They're building on their tour here. So we have a lot there happening. I, I'm pretty excited for that. I know uh they're gonna be in um Eddie Kingston's backyard. Yeah. And that's, I think, going to be super fun. It's going to be fantastic. It's a great venue. It's a great way to get your foot in the door. Um, you know, you have, you have marks not thinking they're going to be able to sell out. Um, I completely disagree. Look at, look at all in. Like, well, oh my God. And that's been the thing. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you, but I apologize. No, you're good. I'm good. That's been the thing. Everyone's like, they can't sell out this tennis stadium in New York. Dog, they sold out a 10,000-seat arena without a TV deal. I mean, really, they did everything they could to live off of Ring of Honor and and New Japan's reputation to book an entire show. Yeah, and there's going to be a – I think there's going to be some open seats, but, you know, and it's going to be really close to fill the 20,000 – seats that you know arthur ash stadium holds but i think either way this is a huge step for AEW getting into the new york business here um the last time we've seen any wwe show even crack it is um the g1 supercard and that was literally the size of two promotions coming together um it's gonna be a fun time 
I'm I'm so ready for them to come back our way. Yes. So, I'm so beyond ready. Tomorrow night, I think uh, AEW's going to have a really fun show. Of course, it is Hager Wardlow in, in the cage. This is going to be essentially an MMA-inspired fight, um, which kind of makes you go like, this isn't going to happen in front of a crowd, right? Like, they, they're not going to suddenly pull out an MMA ring to work on top of their other ring. Unless, do we have an eight-sided ring for one night? Uh, it's possible. Um, I think what's going to happen is they'll find a place outside of Daly's Place, whether it be, um, you know, TIA Field or, you know, someplace to put an octagon just very brief, you know, very, very briefly. Uh, who knows? It might be where JK your trains, um, which, would, which would be a good pull. Um, additionally, we have Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in a handicap match. Um, that's a thing. Yeah, okay. Um, Cody Rhodes and the debuting Brock Anderson, son of Arn Anderson, are gonna face off with QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Hear me out. Okay, I don't think I've ever not, but god, AB Anderson turns on Cody, not necessarily. If it were another member of the Nightmare family that would see, and if it wouldn't have happened last week where, you know, Brock Anderson got involved a little bit, I think I'd be more on board with you. Um, but, the, but, my, but my problem here is that you're, you are announcing that he's a new signee. He's signed to the Nightmare Factory all this pomp and circumstance. Um, I, I don't like the move if you immediately turn him, honestly. If it's, if it's like maybe, um, you know, heels win by shenanigans, they get a rematch, and then you do it then. But I think you just deb- deb- debuted him. He's Arn's son. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. What if he does? <laughs> I'm I'm pulling the you know back by popular demand it's Pat line here, but just think if he does. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, what better way to debut is turning on your legendary father? <laughs> God, can you imagine if he's Spinebusters Arn? Like Arn gets to take a bump for his son. Hey. That's got to be super cool. Um, but yeah. Like, the heat. <laughs> oh, the heat immediately would be so there. Um, I just don't know if they – I don't know if they pull the trigger taking taking more off eyes off of the strap match for next week. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but – just to add another wrinkle into this storyline, and you're already gonna have a strap match. Wait, is it next? No, it's two. It's two weeks, right? Uh, is, isn't it the same night as uh... July sixth? Yeah. So yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Trust me, everybody's already forgotten that Anthony and Gogo fought Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing two weeks ago, yeah. which is which is which is really unfortunate. You wanna know why? Because if the right booking decision was made, you see what I did did there. Um, you put a go go over, 
and now you you can you know no nobody gets hurt by that nobody gets hurt by that decision now you have a go-go i mean he's still on tv which is great but you don't forget he had a match with cody Rhodes if he goes over if cody goes over no 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 if a go-go goes over a go-go-go-go-go-go-go yeah i love anthony a go-go way more than what i thought he was gonna be um yeah 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 um all right so uh, also julia julia hart of the varsity blondes is gonna face Kelsey ford which i Ooh. hope to see julia hart win uh needs to be uh, listen i really like the hollywood blondes I'm sorry, the var- the varsity blonde. I keep making this mistake over and over. It's so close. Um, I I can't. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's what it um, is. I really want them to start getting some steam here. I think it's about time. They're the number know, one tag team. I know that the tag I know that the top of the card is crowded right now. Um, the Bucks are now in interweaved with Impact now because of what we saw you know at against all odds so you know whether they want to or not they're now involved with that um so they i know they're picking up quality wins on dark and elevation and i want to see more of them so my thought process is they they might end up being the guys to actually take the belts off of the bucks if it's not ftr Ooh. Ooh, okay all right so here, here's where I'm at. Um, the big payoff of the belt collector and the elite being the, the conglomerate champions ruling the world here is we need to build some people who are going to take the things off of them. Um, obviously, we all think Hangman's going to be the guy for that. Uh, but, I mean, who in the tag team division? FTR, I think, is a really good choice. Um, but I would love to see maybe a tag team that is not established yet, like the Varsity Blondes, get that big win. Um, yeah, I would love for that. FTR in like three months. Yeah. 90-day reign, beat the Young Bucks at the top of their league, you know? It would be wonderful. It's going to happen. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not. All right. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. Let's move on over because Impact has already started. I'm going to try and quickly get these out here. It's a couple of bullet points. Uh, We are going to find out the fallout of uh, what's up with Sammy Callahan because he's he's fired, but he's still showing up. I don't – we're going to find out. I imagine he is still the guy. Um, Unless this is to kind of push the title match off of Slammiversary. I think we're still gearing up for a King of the Mountain match. I really do. It's it's there for the taking. <laughs> I mean, so you've got Kenny Omega in the picture now. You've got Moose. You've got Sammy Callahan. Really, you only need two more guys, really. You know, and there's a plethora of options. Um, we just saw that, you know, Chris Saban uh, – made his you know he's been off of tv for a little bit so he's back on i mean maybe it's him maybe it's not but 
Um, I definitely think you have an Eddie Edwards as long as, you know, Kojima doesn't, sorry, as long as Kojima doesn't defeat Rhino tonight uh, to get a tag title shot. Uh, I think you can throw Eddie Edwards in that. Um, no, Kojima's gonna. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it First because I mean, Cage. We've been saying it for a while. We've been it's saying right him. Choice. We've been saying him and Kazarian are the two that have been frequently said as far as AEW branching out to Impact. Um, so I hope one of those things happens. I, I, I don't want Christian Cage's AEW feud with Kenny Omega to finish an impact. I wanted to finish an AEW where it started. That's that's my only thing. But any partnership where we're gonna get a sharing of talent, I'm all for. Um also having tonight Steve Macklin's gonna make his in-ring debut as already mentioned Kojima's fighting Rhino for a tag title shot. Um uh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering he just lost his match with Joe Doring. Josh Alexander is going to face Madman Fulton, who uh, ruined the number one contenders match. Rachel Ellering is going to face off with Tennille Dashwood. I'm assuming we're going to see very similar to what we saw when Tennille faced Jordan Grace. TJP versus Black Taurus, and I already mentioned future of Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Any live updates yet? No. Um, this chair shot that Chris Saban gave to Moose, uh, it's not. It's not even close to Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka chair shots, um, but it is it is a headshot though. All right, let's talk about NXT. NXT had a pretty good show this week. I I kind of enjoyed it. Um, it had it had its faults, and trust me, I'm gonna get into those. But uh, we start off with William Regal hinting at William Cross coming and making fun of him telling him to say that Cross made him quit, and we officially have an enforcer in NXT. His name is one Samoan Joseph. Uh, the rumors are true. He's back in NXT. Apparently, Trips gobbled him up the second he was available again. Um, which begs my question, and I, 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 you know, I guess we don't want to go so hard into this business conversation with everything else we have planned today, but uh, why couldn't he just move Joe down to NXT anyway? Like, why there had to be an official release for it? So, from my understanding, and just from reading what I could, um, Triple H was unaware that Samoa Joe got released um, when he found out he was very upset, which is why um, he started the push to try to get him back. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but I can only imagine, um, you know, just, I don't understand why you release a guy like that in the first place, especially you've had him on commentary. He was killing it on commentary. Um, we've seen him in the ring. He's been all across the card. He can wrestle anybody and he can cut a hell of a promo. And we saw that on NXT. Um, I think the Stone Cold Sheriff gimmick that he has right now is fantastic. It puts him in a great spot to get medically cleared by WWE personnel. I think that was the other big question mark um, when he got released was, oh, is he cleared? Uh, but I think it was more of a Daniel Bryan-esque situation where, where 
he was getting cleared by outside sources, but not being cleared by the personnel that needed to clear him to wrestle. Um, so I think this is a great transition for him to get back to that. Um, I think we'll see him in NXT, but um, God, what he did on this night was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're, we're going to get right to it. Uh, Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly fighting back and him choking out Adam Cole saying, William Regal has made his decision. <laughs> Tell him when he wakes up. Oh, yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's very important to note, though, that um, Samoa Joe can't touch anybody unless he is physically provoked. And as soon as they're in the scuffle, uh, Cole kind of you know, shoves Joe out of the way and then he kind of composed himself a little bit, threw his jacket off. Coquina clutched immediately out. And I thought this was an excellent preview of what is to come for Samoa Joe. Um, uh, I will throw this out there because I thought this was great. It was a – someone put up a shirt design. It was like, if you provoke, you get choked. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I want that. If that becomes a thing, I want that. Um, first match up, Kushida Open Challenge? Or was it Brizengo Imperium? No, I think it was Kushida. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I think – it was two. It was two nights ago. I'm sorry, guys. I just got on summer break. Um, Hooray! You know, let's just do this quick. Imperium murders, or uh, actually, no. I'm sorry. Breezango get the quick pin on Imperium, and then Imperium murders them. What are we doing? Um, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think that you can completely sell that you know these you know masters of the ring get caught and then they immediately destroy their their opponents um i mean i don't in, enjoy watching imperium lose but the way they wrote it to where they destroyed brizongo right afterwards um santos escobar says he is still out for the North American title. And uh, he vows that the next time they face off, he's going to drop Reed with a phantom driver, just like he did at TakeOver, which was super Ooh. cool. Trey Baxter, you may there know him as Blake Christian. A weird name change for me. I think Ooh. the Carmelo Hayes was a better one. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to say this, and maybe only a couple people are going to get it, but the name Baxter. All right. I can't hear that name and think of anything serious because of Anchorman. And all I can think of is the man punted Baxter off the bridge. Like, uh, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. just remember this when he's in a multi man ladder match and he's like, and they build one of those ladder bridges. Across the apron and the announce table, and somebody literally punts Trey Baxter off the ladder and hold. And listen, it's not. It's it's going to be Vic Joseph that says, "Ah, the man punted Baxter," and then we all get to just sit there and be like, 
Peter Griffin after talking to Buzz Killington just ah. Is it gonna be Wade or or Beth who make the glass case of emotion reference? Um, you know it's gonna be Beth Phoenix. She's known for she's known for cringeworthy uh, commentary. Um, during the match, Kyle O'Reilly comes out. Yeah, this is a pretty fun match. I mean, we all knew it. Uh, Trey Baxter, formerly known as Blake Christian, is an incredible talent. Uh, you guys know that we talked about him when he was in the Super X Cup and how he did uh, mm. fantastic there as well. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you, which which uh, which open challenge with a debuting superstar did you enjoy more? Carmelo was Hayes. it this one? Or, yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, there's something just he just oozes charisma. Just he uh, just kind of has the <sighs> charisma. I think that um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say swagger because we've only seen. No. Car- Carmelo Hayes, a more once. complete character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it is. They they show these vignettes for them. Um, Love it. And the vin- yeah, yeah. I really like this spot that Kushida's open challenge is a place where we're going to start showing off some of our new talent that are signed. Um, but the the vignette for Carmelo Hayes, uh, formerly Christian Casanova, uh, was very complete. You got a full uh, idea of who this character was. You know. From the I'm the first round, I'm the first pick uh, in any draft for the WWE. I'm uh, the MVP of this sport. You know, you, you get that kind of athletic, sporty vibe. You get the kind of gimmick he could, he's going to have. Um, with Trey Baxter, you just kind of got the whole, I'm all heart, and I'm going to give it my all. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, but it I, – I, but that's all it is. It's fine. And everyone else, yeah, <laughs> everyone's yeah, yeah. all heart, all yep. even. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah. Ethan Page is a character. I, I'm just pointing out that like, literally everyone, everyone does this. Everyone does this. You you got to have some kind of spot in a first match or something that make the all heart thing work. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I don't like that they just come out and say I'm all heart. Put him in a match. Let him let him get put in a submission hold for, I, I I don't know what feels like twenty minutes, and it's grueling and gruesome, and you get caught in, and you're built in on him like, don't do it, don't tap, you can do it, you know, and he doesn't tap, and he finally makes the ropes or something. Give us a story reason. Yeah. Let let us bite in a bit more there. Um, all hard, just Agreed. a little too generic for me. Yeah. On top of it, and I hate, I also hate saying this, but also I'm gonna blame Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly coming out to scout his opponent for next week, Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly, um, took a lot of focus out of this because you're sitting there going, what the hell is Kyle O'Reilly doing? Is he trying to form his own stable? Is he looking at guys to bring in like Trey Baxter? <laughs> like what, what's going on here? See, and there's, there's, there's going to be a uh, announcement later for next week. And I'm starting to think. Like we've had a couple of new Dave debuting guys. Like maybe that's it. I don't want to jump the gun. Um, I tend to do that. But also, if we're just gonna make a new stable that Kyle O'Reilly's the head of, which don't don't get me wrong, I'm all about stables. You can never have enough stables in professional wrestling, in my opinion. Um, 
why take Kyle O'Reilly out of Undisputed Era if we're just going to put him right back into a stable? <laughs> There's things we could do, you know? It just is frustrating. Um, we get two women's vignettes. We have uh, Frankie Monet talking up and, and distracting the girls from the Robert Stone brand, kind of turning them against him. Uh, and then we get Mercedes Martinez acknowledging what happened to her at uh, TakeOver in your house and that she is uh, still coming for him. Uh, NXT Million Dollar Coronation. LA Knight ends up healing it up and dropping Ted DiBiase afterwards, which is pretty great. Cameron guys. Yeah. yeah, I was very excited to see him run out and then like, like fall to his knees as he's like cradling DiBiase. Just one of those... Um, just one of those episode three kind of, you know, just, 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 it, it's, it's just good stuff. Cameron Grimes is, is, is a dude, um, which I enjoy him more than most people, I think, because he can do whatever you need him to do. You need him to play a face like he is now. That's great. You need him to play a heel. I'm sure he could do what LA Knight's doing right now, healing it up. You know, and um, I think I think we're gonna get the title match here. I don't know if it's gonna happen at the Great American Bash here in a couple of weeks, but it's it's coming. Um. All right. Up next, we have Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Of course, the women's champion and Dakota Kai pick up the win. Um, this match got a lot of love online and got a lot of love from a lot of people, but I, I don't know, man. I just didn't care. Ooh. I hate it. <laughs> Go for it. Take it. Oh, thank you. So if you have listened to the show, watched the show for a while now, um, you know I'm not a huge fan of women's tag team wrestling. And the reason being is that the the and this is across all all promotions. It's not just main roster specific it's not nxt specific impact anything so it's not specific of one particular brand um the time isn't invested into these these titles as any of the other titles you have on on your brand um you know and i think that's been the problem specifically with the women's tag team titles, whether it be on the main roster or whether it be in NXT, is that you don't, A, we're not building enough tag teams. And to go hand in hand with that, B, we're not investing the time to build them. You know, and I would almost like them to, you know, I would like to see in the future for them to do maybe what they're doing with the with the Kushida Open Challenge. Maybe you know, putting some teams together, um, you know, and I think it's funny, you know, we, we have, we have the women's dust, we have the women's dusty classic where we had eight women's tag teams. And I think coming out of that, we only have three left. You know, it's, it's, you invest whatever time you want to invest in for. Well, I'm talking about like full still active tag teams. I know that, yeah. I know that, Cora, Cora Jade. Who? Yeah, Cora, Cora Jade is gone. She was too much yeah. uh, going. 
Zoe Stark team with. Oh God. Yeah. Someone and she lost, I believe. Um. Yeah, and my my overall thing is, and it's the same with what Impact is doing. You know, um, we're just recycling the tag team matchups that we've seen, and. I think both women's rosters are deep enough where you can build an extra tag team or two, especially to build for the future. Now, specifically for this match, I enjoyed the team of Catanzaro and Carter, even though Casey Catanzaro is an anti-masker. Um, I thought I, I thought they looked strong. I think that it got the heel team kind of frazzled at times. So in that regard, I liked it. I my Raquel Gonzalez is a story for another day because we're 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 gonna get to this top ten. Times. Yeah, it's it's just not my cup of tea. Um, and also, we it looks like we have a new um, kind of tag tag team. It is Zoe Stark and insert foreigner here um, as she's teamed with Saray. And uh, now it looks like a potential tag team with Neo Shirai. <sighs> Very frustrating. If you're if if you're gonna have titles, in invest. Okay. Yeah. That that's very much so the thing. Um. Before we get to main event, we gotta talk about the Diamond Mine is uh, <laughs> entering combat next week. I can't oh, remember God. What, what they said. It was some kind of it, debuts next week, essentially, but it wasn't actually like debuts. Um, and also, we got some kind of battery charging throughout the night. Yeah, I have. I genuinely have no idea on that one. Um, maybe it's Kona Reeves. I was thinking. Um, Sammy Callahan. Huh? I was thinking Sammy Callahan because he was the hacker of Solomon Crow. Yeah. You're right. He's a free agent, um, so. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine if WWE actually like, yeah, we'll do this for you. Maybe it's maybe it's just Mustafa Ali. Honestly, I'd be pretty happy with that. I'd like to see, him be, see where he's actually used. Mustafa Ali versus Kushida for the Cruiserweight Championship. No, no. Shut no. up and take my money. I mean, it would be a fantastic match, but why not? Let's do this for like the North American title. You know, uh, they do well with the Cruiserweight title in NXT, and they've done well by it, but it's still like the lowest card on the totem pole. That changes nothing. <laughs> He's coming back for what's his. He never won it. Are you sure? I don't think he ever won it. I thought he did once. I, I anyway, I don't care enough to look it up because I want to get to this horrible book booking decision of a main event. Um, all right, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm figure this out. Oh my gosh! Take it to um, no, you're fine. So we get yet another matchup uh, between the team of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. And the Grizzled Young Veterans. It's a tornado tag this time. Um, 
I mean, it was a solid match. It was, it was, it, it was exciting. It was a fight, and that's exactly what it what it should have been. Um, I'm, I just think that us constantly putting over Thatcher and Ciampa, um, we're gonna have, be in a tag title shot soon, I think. But Grizzly Young veterans really needed a win here. And I think there could have been some heel tactics involved to get them a win that they so desperately need. I don't understand why we keep bringing these guys over. Remember, this is the same team that have made deep runs into the last few Dusty Classics. So they're a solid tag team. And their in-ring work speaks for itself. But I don't understand the allure of hanging on to, you know, the past essentially to me, to me that just really come on just this last year. And I think, you know, a lot of that is just kind of been due to the pandemic and just needing more guys. Um, another debate for another day, but just we're hanging on a chump and it's like, it's like, give us something new. Well, it's, it's almost like we need to find something for Chompa to do. Rather than, yeah. I, I like, here we can put him here to keep him away from the title belt yeah but like it's been a minute since he's tried to challenge for the belt um he's got history with cross uh, look i'm okay with him yeah. losing the cross yeah you know um yeah. mustafa ali did not have a title reign yeah okay um, i think what i was thinking was the first year we got together for mania and yeah, um, Cedric and Cedric won. Well, that's when we were doing the pickums, and I originally and see, I originally picked Cedric Alexander to win. Mustafa Ali came out with the glow, and I was like, "Oh, gotta, gotta, gotta change it. This is a WrestleMania entrance." Kind of. Um, did not pay off. Oh God, it was a great right. match. Yeah, you're right. Um. Yeah, it's NXT. We'll be curious. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of good things. I feel like we trashed a lot, th- a lot more than we actually intended to. Um, but oh, I mean, overall, it was a good show. It was a very solid show with a lot of very solid in-ring work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, there's some things I'd like to see done better or done more. I think this leaves you with more questions than answers um, going into next week and even the following week when we get the Great American Bash. All right, we ready for this? Oh, I'm pumped. Guys, it's back. We're doing this. It's the PWO Top 10. Uh, that's not gimmick infringement at all. Uh, and this one, kind of quickly discussed and thrown together, coming off of just a tweet. Uh, bad booking decisions in wrestling. Uh, we, we picked our personal Top 10 Worst. Um, there's gonna be some of these where I'm sure we're gonna hear these and be like, "Oh God, that needed to be on my list." Um, I'm definitely sure that Ryan has a bunch of these that I'm gonna be like, "I forgot all about that," um, because we don't want to think about them. But I know you have some honorable mentions. Hit me with them. Um, so yeah, I have for my list. I have a couple I'm not going to include because they're kind of obvious if you're a professional wrestling fan. Um, there's four of those, so I'm not going to touch the Claire Lynch storyline in T and TNA. 
Um, I'm not going to be including Katie Vick. I'm not going to be including the Summer of Punk. And I'm not going to be including the Nexus losing at SummerSlam. Um, those four off the table. Um, and then my three honorable mentions, um, Fake, Razor, Ramon, and Diesel after we had Scott Hall and Kevin Ash jump to WCW. Um, Big Boss Man feeding Pepper to Al Snow, which then got the kennel from Hell match. Um, five-star classic match. Well, speaking Plus. of five-star, yeah. Um, and then the um, Maury-esque uh, paternity storyline in WCW involving Buff, Buff Bagwell, Ric Flair, David Flair, and Stacey Keebler. Um, to where uh, David Flair had a match with Buff Bagwell at a pay-per-view. It was a first blood DNA match where the first person to get a sample of their opponent's DNA would win. Um, this storyline did not stick around for long as um, it was quickly scrapped and there was no finish ever written or shown on TV for. Oh man, all right. <laughs> well, you got some ones that you uh, don't want to talk about that I'm definitely going to talk about. <laughs> well, and I, I also kept kept in mind we were also kind of on a on a time restraint, so I'm sure we could go on a super tangent on a couple of those, but with the sake of keeping everything within a certain time limit here. So, and I and I can rant for a while. All right, well, then, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give you number 10. 10. Oh, you or me? You. Okay. Um, the, love the love triangle from Monday Night Raw featuring Bobby Lashley, Lana, and Rusev. Um, two of the three people aren't even in the company anymore, which should, that's all you – well, that's, that should be all you need to know. Um, Lana and Rusev, real-life couple – um for some reason we have to inject bobby lashley into this and then eventually Liv morgan into this and then eventually um you know this would implode rusev is now miro in AEW. lana is a free agent bobby lashley is your wwe champion who would have thought Liv morgan future wwe champion So my number ten. <laughs> if you, I swear to God, are you serious? Oh. I wrote it. I wrote this down as the Lana Rusev Lashley love triangle slash other weirdly geometric shape when random individuals were added. Uh, okay. Because really, what the hell are we doing with Bobby Lashley in this place? In the first place, uh, if we're gonna run this storyline, let's not do a guy who's a main eventer and should be in the main event. Uh, do this with like Ziggler, even though we did this with Ziggler yeah. eight years ago. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, number nine. <laughs> oh God, we're getting into this already, aren't aren't we? Um, my number nine is the anonymous Raw general manager. Um, and I originally had this a little higher, uh, but you'll see why it's now a little lower. Um. So the anonymous Raw general manager, we went through a time 
on Monday Night Raw where we would have guest hosts, which were awful. So then we had a Raw, anonymous Raw general manager um, who you would hear a, uh, you know, kind of, you know, Apple-ish tone go off in the arena. Strobe, the strobe effect would happen. And then you would get Michael Cole walk up to the stupid podium and say, oh, I have a, me- I have a message from the anonymous Raw general manager. And I quote, and booze would rain. And this isn't this isn't heel heat. This is go away heat. Okay. And then all in the end, you're thinking this is going to be some grand reveal. It's Hornswoggle. Wow. I'll say this: Hornswoggle's the rope in uh, for any yeah. for any time. Uh, we don't know how to write off the fantasy storyline. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's that. That's always the situation. Yeah. All right. Well, I I got my number nine for you, and I don't even know if you remember this, but also if you if you do, we have to cover it at some point, and I I want to be there. I want to make okay. sit there with you as we watch this twenty minutes, twenty minutes. Okay. Of just one of the worst things to happen. To impact in 2011. Okay. I'm talking a match that happened on Bound for Glory with two very young, upcoming future superstars. I mean, these guys are, are bound for glory. Uh-huh. And you know, I'm referring to the Hulk Hogan versus Sting 2011 match. They both bleed like crazy, and you're yep. super uncomfortable sitting there because neither of them are really working that great. I mean, Sting is trying to carry Hulk Hogan. I mind you, this is still 2011, um, and it's rough. And what's what's the only thing that can make this match better? Eric Bischoff and his goon squad. Now, let me, I'm, I'm actually I've pulled up because I want to make sure I get everyone in this picture. It's Ric Flair, Eric Bischoff. Gunner, who you may now know as Jackson Riker. Getting getting wins. Uh wait. <laughs> Bully Ray and oh. Scott Steiner. Yeah. And they oh, all get beat up by Sting and Hulk Hogan after they have a 15-minute long match. Just, just soak that in. Soak that in. One of these guys becomes world champion after this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well. I have no words. Yep. Number eight. Um, my number eight is going to be the infamous uh, Lay Cool Mickey James storyline from SmackDown. Um, and in particular, this is the Piggy James angle. Um and it's funny, this was during a time when uh, you had Linda McMahon attempting to run for United States Senate. And we were doing the bullying campaign and we were getting on that track. And you have um, and you have Layla that comes out in a in a pig outfit, um, shaking her butt. And essentially they are calling Mickey James fat. Now, 
I don't know if you've ever seen Mickey James. Matthew, have you? Uh, every day when I close my eyes. <laughs> Listen, she is a, and you know, I have a, I have a beautiful, amazing wife at home. Mickey, Mickey James is absolutely gorgeous. She is, um, you know, this was super unfair to her. She didn't deserve any of this. And for what? Rate, ratings? It, it just um, seemed very tasteless to me. Well, apparently the rumor is that this was done because people at the booking table thought she had gained a little too much weight at the time. And that was not the case um, at all. Exactly. At yep. all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, keeping it in impact, uh, and this is kind of a oh. recent one. Uh, we had a cinematic match over the quarantine that happened, and it featured the Karate Man killing Ethan Page. Wow. Okay. Yes, and here's why: Ethan Page may have been leaving anyway. He may have been gone, but this burned the bridge. And look, I, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm the mark. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm doing that. Ethan Page in Impact could have easily been a world champion the way he was working. Prior to losing his mind with a karate man and then being murdered by the karate man, which he never won on Impact to begin with, uh, you, you cut the knees off of a world champion early that no wonder he left the company immediately after. Yeah. Number seven. The main roster wildcard rule. Um, so the point of a brand split, as we've seen it done successfully in the Ruthless Aggression era, is to build new stars, i.e. the SmackDown 6. Um, you know, and, you know, we come to 2016 when we have a new draft, brand new stage, brand new stars. We're getting Finn Balor a relatively high draft pick being drafted to Raw. This is a brand new start for a company that has been just floundering as of as of late. Um, you know, and, you know, we get these, you know, give divas a chance and, you know, it all builds to this. And then, oh, ratings are taking wild card rule. Oh, you can go, you can go to that show anytime you want. It, it, it makes no sense to why you stage a draft, you draft people to be on specific brands. Now, in their defense, they gave it a shot. They gave it like almost a full year. But when has anything happened in a full year in professional wrestling? You know, it's very rare that a, that a long-term booking did decision that changes the landscape of what you're trying to do within your own company works immediately so then we get then we get away from the brand specific pay uh, uh pay-per-views yeah then we get to this wild card rule you can go here they can come here oh but you're the world champions so you can do whatever you want it was roman reigns two times a week every week and sometimes he'd be on there for no reason. And then people wonder why Roman Reigns was booed. Ready for this one? 
Yep. Kevin Nash crashes the summer of punk. Okay. And I have this for two reasons. Okay. I'm going to quote something here also from 2011. And trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event at WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. This is, of course, from the pipe bomb. The infamous pipe bomb is one of CM Punk's greatest promos of his life, uh, considered by many one of the best moments in wrestling history, which I think is a little crazy. Uh, It's a good promo. Um, It definitely rocked the world in 2011. Jeff's Uh, never coming back on the show. Huh? I said Jeff's never coming back on the show. No, he's going to come back to yell at me, which I'm going to redeem myself later. Don't worry. Uh, But this whole point he makes here, he finally wins the world title, uh, leaves the company, comes back a couple of weeks later to have this champion versus champion match against John Cena that he wins crookedly, not really crookedly, but by, by an unseen thing. Like he didn't realize that his, his foot was under the rope, I think. Or, or he grabbed the rope, if I remember correctly. And then he gets jumped by Kevin Nash. Who, and then he gets cashed in on by Alberto Del Rio. I have less of an issue with the cash-in because, to me, yeah. the cash-in is everything that they want to do uh, and that they did with Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan later down the road. I think it's genius because you're just building that heat because you're, you're, you're giving someone the benefit and Punk is going to get the title back. Kevin Nash, we then had to sit and waste several, uh, God, I think two, three months of this crap of Kevin Nash versus CM Punk, and then he's not cleared, or maybe Punk is trying to get away from that. So then we get Kevin Nash versus Triple H, uh, and it all just leads to CM Punk versus Triple H because Kevin Nash can't get cleared. Like, it was, it was an unnecessary part for a wrestler who shouldn't have been there in the beginning with. All of this Agreed. could have been done without him. Take it away. Is this six? I think this is six. This is number six. And six. you and you'll know this because um because Brian Zane actually did a video on this. This would be the lunchtime suicides with Tim White. Um the lunchtime suicides were a it was on a pay-per-view and then they moved it to a website exclusive. Um it was where, um, and it stemmed from referee Tim Tim White, um, who was in a Hell in a Cell match, took a pretty pretty decent bump um, off of the apron. He slammed into the cell wall, um, separated shoulder. Um, so um, that sent him storyline into a deep depression. So the first episode of the Lunchtime Suicides has him grabbing a shotgun off the wall walking off screen and all you hear is a gunshot um and josh and josh matthews um you know you know notorious horrible color commentator uh who was a you know backstage guy at the time for wwe um he's off screen he said mr white what are you doing miss mr white mr white no don't do it and so then this one episode they go to episode two and it's just like oh he just oh he just shot his foot like so every single episode of these lunchtime suicides has tim white trying to kill himself in another different way and i and this might be my 
2021 brain thinking and talking here, but talk about things that wouldn't fly today. Um, you know, and mental health is something that's super discussed everywhere now. Uh, you you can't talk about you know major things happening in our world today without mentioning you know mental health, which is super important. Um, which is good. Just yeah, it's great. This is just something that looking bad just really rubbed me the wrong way. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, up next for me. Yep. And Jeff, I got your back for this. Guys, if you're a headphone listeners, I'm just go ahead and apologize. I'm a backup. Oh, no. Why the hell did Hulk Hogan win the title belt at WrestleMania 9? <laughs> There's no need for it. There's none. Yes, have Yokozuna win. Let Yokozuna carry the belt. Or if you want to have a baby face carry it, let Bret Hart keep the title. <laughs> it's that simple. He didn't need it. There's no reason. Or have have a match happen at the next pay-per-view. Anything. Anything at all. <sighs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize also to Eric, who's also handling our sound. My apologies. But it needed to be said. And uh, it, as much as this one irks me, I couldn't put it higher because I didn't think it had as much of a detriment to everything that everything else does. Take it away. <laughs> five. Uh, my number five, you've seen it on Dark Side of the Ring. Um, it is um, tying in the uh, real-life substance abuse issues involving Hawk of the Road Warriors and this all coming to a boil um, where he is in kayfabe pushed off uh, well, fallen pushed, however you want to phrase it. He falls off of you know the Titan Tron and he falls to the back part of it. So you don't see the stuntman who falls. Um, this is something that they did with Jeff Hardy very, you know, within the last year. Um, we know Jeff, Jeff Hardy struggles, you know, with alcoholism, drug use, um, you know, and, and this is just something that I know that it was the attitude era. So we were aiming for edgier content, but, you know, the man's dealing with his personal demons. There's, there's no need to bring it into regular, you know, storyline. I, I almost didn't put it on here because, you know, it, it, there's, it's still happening in modern day wrestling. We're bringing, we're bringing personal issues into the forefront of all these storylines. And, you know, I, they were, it, it, it was real stuff going on. And um, I thought there were different ways to do it rather than kayfabe throwing somebody off the Titan Tron. I am so on with that because my next one, my number five, has a very similar thing of putting Kef and Kef, Kurt and Karen Angle's divorce into a storyline on Impact. Because yep. Karen Angle, who is now Karen Jarrett, yep. was with Jeff Jarrett, and this was a very big thing. This got Jeff Jarrett suspended from the company for a while this is i think one of the key reasons why angle wanted to get out of impact um this had major ramifications on uh that backstage production people who could be there producers uh you had to work around who could be in the building and you definitely had some shoot stuff happen 
um, that you couldn't control. It just felt like it's widely inappropriate. Don't get me wrong. I think there are times when real personal things work out very well on television. Um, I think HBK and, and uh, Bret Hart's a, a very key example of that. You know, if we look at everything outside the Montreal Screwjob, um, it was all bad, but it was all really well. Like the in-ring work was well. You could never, it never seemed like they were legitimately aiming to maim each other. Uh, that was not necessarily the case here. Um, and this was, this was big. This is one of the things that really made me not want to watch Impact uh, when this was going on. So, uh, Ryan, number four. Uh, my number four is um, Goldberg's first run with WWE. And specifically, um, WWE does not announce typically how long contracts are signed for, how long they are, how much, what have you. Sometimes things leak out. Um, but this is the early to mid 2000s. This is like 2000, 2003, 2004 era. Uh, nothing was leaking. Okay. So the fact that WWE comes out and announces that Goldberg signs a one year contract. It's a little, it's a little strange to come out and say and tell people. So, and remember his debut was right after WrestleMania 19 when The Rock beat Stone Cold. So now The Rock's on TV. He needs a new opponent. So just think WrestleMania 19. So one year from there, WrestleMania 20. That would be the infamous Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg match. Um, So as we're getting closer to WrestleMania 20, we know that Goldberg's contract is running up. They're not mentioning anything. Um, and then it comes out the week of that he's not resigning. And then on top of that, uh, you know, the week before the show, uh, we find out that, you know, Lesnar's leaving the company to go do, you know, to go for his trial in the NFL. Go and go and do what you want to do. But this is more on Goldberg. This is, this is, we're going to announce that you have a one-year contract for booking ourselves into a corner. Okay, we're going to make him uh, not only a world champion, then drop the world championship, and then put you in a feud with Brock Lesnar towards the end of your run where nobody wins. You don't think the fans won? They got to sit there and boo this whole match for, like, what, 10 to 15 minutes? Uh, I believe it was 16. Uh, It was the second longest match on the card. And this is WrestleMania 20, where you had the triple threat main event that went over 20 minutes. You know, and what's your number four? My number four, and maybe this one shouldn't be higher than the than the um, than the WrestleMania nine, but it is, and that is the derailing of the Miz's main start main uh, event credibility here. And God, okay. you think me saying that here, you think I'm talking about 2021. I'm not, but it's applicable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm talking when he won the WWE title and he was in the main event of WrestleMania and he was an afterthought. The champion was an afterthought. Who won the match 
by uh by count or by DQ and then won it with by the rock. Which don't get me wrong, he was concussed, so he probably wasn't gonna have a great match to begin with. But we never really put the Miz in a position for him to be the star of the show. And by the fact that we did all of that, I mean, I have nothing against the once in a lifetime because it is a dream match for many people. It was um, as much as I did not want to see Cena in another main event personally at the time, because I was an edge guy. Uh, like th- this was just kind of, wh- what are we doing? Especially after that vignette that they showed for the Miz hate me now. Like, Oh my God, I've never been more invested in the Miz. Let's completely derail it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is, it just killed me. Number three. Um, my number three, um, again, dealing with real life stuff. Um, SmackDown airing the Muhammad Hassan Undertaker angle um, after the London bombings. Um, the segment showed um, men in ski masks uh, come out, start to choke the Undertaker. Um, and it, this happened literally the same day that the London bombings took place. And WWE still ran the segment. Um, just extremely poor taste. Um, you putting a message across the bottom oh, this was aired prior to the bombing. Uh, it, it's, it's a complete cop-out, and it didn't need to happen. You could have had anything else in that spot, like, you know, uh, have your Muhammad Hassan cut a, cut a promo, you know, anything. But yet we still let this go on, and it's absolutely just awful. Yep. Yep, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. There's no way around that. Um, hey, Remember when you said that there's a bunch that you weren't going to talk about? My number three is Claire Lynch, and we're going to talk about Claire Lynch. I'm going to try and keep this quick. Uh, This storyline started as AJ Styles is having an affair, um, and they're trying to catch him having an affair. I think at first it was with Dixie Carter, and then it came out that, uh, in fact, he and Dixie are trying to help Claire Lynch, who's a drug addict. Um. And now she's pregnant, and it's AJ's baby. You're the father, and she turns heel on AJ due to baby's bad coming. AJ, do the right thing. Do like, the right thing. You want to talk about things that drive someone out of a company? This horrible oh. storyline that ruined three wrestlers in Impact, as far as I'm concerned. You, like it, it ruined AJ Styles that he had to leave for months on months on months, yep. and it forced Kaz and Daniels to have to be this tag team in the first place, which is great because I enjoy them as a tag team. But like these guys were both main eventers who should have been in the main event, and instead they were doing this whole uh, trying to get one over, and they knew it was fake, but they're trying to get it. It ruined the actual actress Claire Lynch's career at the time. Correct. Wrestling okay. fans wrote into the companies that she did commercials for to get her pulled from the commercials, which is a whole nother thing. Like wrestling fans, y'all got to be better. Just be better. Um, but yeah. But yeah, Claire Lynch, 
if you ever have time and you want to invest a horrible amount of research into something absolutely horrible, Sir Lynch. That's it. Number two. Do you remember the character Oklahoma in in WCW? Unfortunately. That's my number two. Um, Again, there's no reason other than WCW wanting to dump on on Jim Ross's um, personal battle with Bell's Palsy than to have Ed Verara as Oklahoma come out and absolutely just mock and make fun of and just over the top, just ridiculing, um, you know, and just overplaying the fact that you know, JR is dealing with this. Um, WCW's done some bad things. They made David Arquette WCW champion, which he's made a recovery on his on his own to the to you know, the wrestling community. Um, but just for Ed Ferrara to even agree to do this, scumbag person, scumbag whoever decided that this was an idea that should have been put on TV absolutely horrible um you deserve to rot in hell number number two number two david arquette wins the wcw title <laughs> um i love david arquette in ready to rumble and several other movies he had been in wcw booked him as their head champion mm-hmm. i i don't know what else to tell you like look a lot of people consider that the final on the coffin uh, honestly Messed up, and there should be Vince Russo being the WCW champion. That's not honestly, this should be Vince Russo's WWE champion. So, in a year from now, when we redo this list with other cast members, yeah, Vince Russo is WCW champion. But David Arquette, yeah. a celebrity who had nothing to do with professional wrestling except for one movie, became the world champion. Snooki's undefeated at WrestleMania. Yep. Ryan, you're number one. <laughs> um, this is a, this is a personal number one for me. Um, my number one is taking super incredibly red hot babyface Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania, losing after conquering you know, Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble getting all the way to WrestleMania to lose to AJ Styles. And not only that, we have him turn heel by low-blowing AJ Styles. There are so many things that I could throw into this. Um, For those who don't know, Shinsuke Nakamura debuted in 2016 um, with Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver Dallas. Um, one of my favorite matches of the modern era to watch as far as, far as American wrestling because New, because New Japan has bangers upon bangers of matches. Um, you knew after his match with Sami, he was a star. Um, NXT booked him as well as they could Okay, it was the SmackDown after WrestleMania. Um, you have the Miz and Maurice in the ring, Kaz playing as Cena, and uh, one of the Bellas still don't care. Um, and 
you just see the lights go out and you see Lee, you see Lee England Jr. on the ramp, violin in hand. The crowd goes crazy. Like he hasn't played a single musical note and they lose it. And then the crowd gets into it. And I have chills just talking about it now. Just, I go back to that point when he debuts on SmackDown as just a point in time when look at what you had in your hands. And then you bailed him, you put him over at the Rumble, you give him the Mania entrance, you dick him over at Mania, right into a no-speak English gimmick. What are we doing? I understand that Vince McMahon hates foreigners, so this shouldn't come as a surprise to me. You had gold in your hands, okay? He didn't cut many promos because his English isn't great, and yet he was still the hottest professional wrestler you had employed at the time. And you can't pull the freaking trigger to put the world championship on him. And here we are in 2021. Okay. And as much as I like Boogs, why do I care? I don't care about Shinsuke Nakamura in 2021 because I know he's going to continue to get dicked until he runs his contract out and has his swan song when he goes back to New Japan. God, this makes me upset. Yes. God! As a match in New Japan. Not to make you more upset. It's, you know what? I One can only hope to get the WWE taste out of my mouth. What's your, what's your number one? Let me read you some names here. Oh, God. Daniel Bryan. David Otunga. I already said it, but uh, Keith Slater, Justin Gabriel, Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, Darren Young, and of course, Wade Barrett. Barrett Barrage. The Barrett Barrage. Who had a guaranteed title match of his choice? Wade Barrett. Barrett Barrage. And you have one of the hottest things to ever happen to pro wrestling. That ended up becoming one of the biggest duds. Yeah. That an absolute assault on the ring on the night, uh, June 7th, uh, of a match between John Cena and future leader CM Punk, where both of them got their tails whipped. The ring was. You're good. Uh, (laughs) All right. We had. One of the biggest things to happen in 2010. All right, just one of the absolute biggest. And they are ultimately fed to John Cena because John Cena made the decision and went over the head uh, of many other wrestlers in a seven-on-seven match. Actually, I'm sorry, it was, I think, a six-on-six match at the time. Creative control. Creative control. Um, After losing to John Cena at SummerSlam, it was just downhill from there. You didn't also put the belt on Wade Barrett 
when he had the opportunity for a world championship, which would have further cemented the table there. But ultimately, it's the Cena overcoming and defeating the last two or three members by himself. Um, I just... I have no words. I have no words. How you have such a young and and future of your company right there and you say nah and we all go lol Cena wins is that is that the worst thing to happen with John Cena is that the worst thing he's done in professional wrestling um Probably. Uh, I think uh, number two would be um, sending Zack Ryder into a state of depression where Kane throws him off of the stage in a wheelchair um, after stealing Eve Torres from him. But <clears throat> no, this yeah, is absolutely awful. Eve Torres? Yeah, this is absolutely awful. And I've covered it on referee's discretion before because I covered that entire SummerSlam event. And the thing really here is that most of the talent didn't know the ones that were out in the match early did not know wade barrett and justin gabriel knew hours before the match and it was because cena didn't want to look weak you've been super cena for three years now he ate a ddt on the cement they removed the padding on the outside guys if you don't know what that stands for, it is a kayfabe career killer, okay? Uh, it is it is essentially death, you know, and rolls in, no-sells it because he avoids the 450 right into, uh, right in, right into an STO, STF, sorry, because it was the STFU. Yeah. Um, but yep. like, why? It's all hey, it's all it's all about what's all what's on your shirt. Yeah. All ego. John Cena wasn't all in. Now, to his credit, this doesn't fix anything, but he said in interviews since then, since he stepped away from being a full-time wrestler, that if he could go back and do it again, he wouldn't change that he wouldn't change the planned finish. Um, he would let the Nexus go over. And I said, you're telling me you would let them kiss my ass. Hey, guys. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Insta, Odyssey coming soon. All right. Creative Control coming soon. Alvarez versus Meltzer. Episodes coming galore this week. Today, just dropped Undertaker versus Mankind from King of the Ring 98. Fantastic. Uh, Dave Meltzer didn't give it as much praise as I did. Um, guys, Monday's episode, this upcoming Monday, okay, that would be the 21st, okay? We are officially on the road to Next Generation Wrestling, guys, okay? It is next Saturday. We are departing from Virginia, traveling to Tennessee, okay? Seven hours in a car, all crammed together. Uh, we are going to see Next Generation Wrestling, the Party Bowl. It's finally here within our grasp. On Monday, we will be having Cody and Eddie back on the show. Um, 
they will be getting us that final push uh, to get us to Knoxville. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a vlog that we're going to be doing on the way, which will be posted the day after we get back. So keep a lookout for that. Um, but guys, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you got some time. You're going to try and go to the show. Nextgentn.net tickets, $18 for adult, $15 for kids. Doors open at five, six, six, six. Um, and guys, if you like what you see, you like what you hear, you enjoy, you enjoy a cup of coffee every now and now and again, screw the coffee, go to Kofi.com slash PWO123. It's as easy as one, two, three. And for just the price of a cup of coffee a day, screw that Starbucks non nonsense. Okay. You get excellent content, just like the ones you're seeing now. But also, if you are at Starbucks, tip your managers. Yeah, we could use the money. Only, only those specifically if they cover wrestling content and post everything wrestling related on a daily level. Just saying, some some managers go above and beyond. Guys, only one. That's all we have at this point. We're tapping out. Eric has been awesome and let us stay on a little bit longer than we should have. Shout out to Eric. Fantastic weekend. Stay tuned for a prediction show dropping for this weekend's Hell in a Cell. With that, though, I ask y'all stay safe, stay healthy, be great. I got to wish you all a goodbye. Good night. Bang. He really.